Welcome to Experience the Truth. This is episode, Nick, what episode is this? 26. It is 26. It is episode 26. You are never good in math. <laughs> well, you, you remember 26 <laughs> weeks? 26 weeks, that's crazy. Uh, today, uh, there's not uh, a title, so Nick Preston, the guy who edits these podcasts, is going to come up with uh, a title because we've talked about abortion. We're, we're going to go we talked all about, over. Yeah. We're going to go all over the place today, and we're going to talk about a lot of different things. And one of the things I think we've wanted to do in the podcast is just kind of, there's so many things that we see in a week. And so I think what we want to do today is... Uh, you've seen a couple of videos, and there's some things that uh, we're going to cover today and we're going to talk about. So mm-hmm. um, if you're joining us today, it's going to be a little different. It's kind of collage or cornucopia mm-hmm. of uh, discussion, and we're just going to have a conversation and go through those. So why don't you start off with the, the scripture that you uh, yeah. we're going to take a look at, and we'll, go, we'll start off today. This is the thing that Christians want to, like, they want to talk about all the lofty ideas. They want to be really smart, and that's the series we're going in, but I think people just don't even know the basics or the way they conduct themselves as Christians. There was a verse I read when I was doing devotions, um, and it was not a very fun verse to read. In Romans 2.24, it says, uh, as it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, those who know the law. God is, you know, cursed or misunderstood or misrepresented and people have these misconceptions because of you. And I think uh, there's a lack of responsibility there. I literally watched a video, like no joke. I Even if I did find the video, I would not want to show this on here because it's so like messed up. This lady is in line at the grocery store. And I don't know what happened before that, but the guy's like recording her as he's trying to get his like groceries taken care of. And she goes, listen here, mother effer. And it's just cussing, cussing the dude out. I'm like, this has got to be a joke. And apparently what she was doing and why she was hostile towards the guy, she was trying to witness to him by calling him a mother effer and you need to get saved, you mother effer. And, and then the lady the, the cash register comes up and is trying to intervene because she's getting loud. Like, dude, she's she's yelling in the store, cussing this guy out, telling him he needs to get saved. And the lady comes over and she looks at her and she goes, you're going to burn in hell, bleep. I'm like, I'm like that is, the, when I read that verse, now obviously I don't think people necessarily are, you're out of your mind if you do that, go to that extent. But they think that, uh, I think they don't trust the sovereignty of God with him working on the spirit of man. And so we try to force it into our own hands by dictating behavior and ended up, and by our actions, we end up really creating uh, misconceptions of who God is because we don't even reflect love, but we claim he is love. So that's a, yeah, I think, you know, it's one of those gotcha moments, Yeah, you know, where they take one, we don't know the context of any of that video that video could even be staged mm-hmm. and and that wouldn't be the first time oh she was crazy bro it was staged things to try to get a response of general public but it you can't have it both ways if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're saying see there's all these christians out there that don't behave like christians 
I would sure love to know what that means, behave like Christians. Um, well, that means that they don't have any flaws, that they don't make any mistakes, that they don't ever do anything wrong, that they obey all of the commandments. Friend, if that were true, you would hate Christians and say it's just part of this big exclusive club and anybody who has any flaws or imperfections can't be a Christian then. Hmm. Um, and maybe that's why you struggle with Christianity because you feel like you never add up. And in order to do that, you got to be perfect and you can never have a moment of passion that causes people to look at you in a negative way or wonder how can you be a Christian and act that way. See, that's that, that, that video and the person filming it is exactly the contradiction that Christians are put into all the time. Mm-hmm. If we are perfect, you're going to hate them for being perfect. And you're going to attack them for being all kinds of things because they're not, nobody's perfect. And you think you're perfect. Well, then you get attacked for behaving correctly. And then when you don't, well, what kind of Christian are you not to be acting better than that? That You can't have two perceptions and try. The problem isn't that person that that was in that grocery. That's not the problem. The problem really exists in the person filming it. The problem is really in the person interpreting it because they want to attack Christ more than anything else. I would disagree. And they use like, um, I know people who do that, but this chick was crazy. Like, well, she could be crazy, and maybe she wasn't a believer. Mm-hmm. And maybe it exactly. was set up to, to, to literally be that way. Maybe they mm-hmm. did that to put it, something online to get a response to use it as that. We don't know. It's mm-hmm. just a, it's an unsubstantiated video. You can't even use it as a credible evidence. If you were in a court of law, that wouldn't stand up no, as, of course as not. anything in a it was, court it's of law. A, it's an extreme example of what the common way a lot of Christians in America, I should say, a lot of Christians in America, they don't, we don't know our faith. We don't know how to defend it. And we use God of the gaps example. Like I, the reason why I say that is because I've seen it. Uh, the reason why I started, I started like making content on TikTok, and we decided to do this podcast is because there's a lot of Christians who don't know how to explain their faith or witness to people. I watched a TikTok live uh, of this guy that said, um, God doesn't exist. Prove me wrong. And it, obviously it was bait because he gets views by doing this. Now that's obvious. Don't throw your pearls before pigs. Um, but these Christians would go on and I was baffled by how every single one they, when they got frustrated, they would cuss the guy out or they would say something or they, they didn't, or they didn't know how to articulate it. Like in the first place, now I'm not relating that to that is why God is blasphemed in the sense, like my burning came. It's like, wow, do I even know how to answer that? Do I even have a, you know, how to explain my faith without uh, having to refer to like the scripture or make sense to people or witness? So it's like, I think um, we don't know how to, we don't know how to reach people that aren't Christian or that weren't born the way we were or understand this guy, or we don't even have like an a sympathy or an empathy for those like, Hey, like I understand that you don't know God. Why would I attack you? Because you don't have the greatest joy yeah, uh, in this life. A, you have to see people the way God sees people. Yeah. He, he, we are the object of his love. Now yeah. that, that statement in and of itself to a naturalist or uh, somebody who doesn't believe the word would say, no, we're all animals. God, you know, we're all the same. No, the Bible says that we were created in the image of God. 
mm-hmm. and our thinking is really imprisoned and Christ gives us freedom. So when you come to Christ, he and, and you understand he created everything in Romans mm-hmm. 1, it says that uh, he gives you understanding of things that you wouldn't normally have except through him. Mm-hmm. So there are people who are prisoned, they're prisoner thinking, they have a prisoner mentality. All they know is the prison cell. So they're bound by that prison cell. And, and when we come to Christ, repentance means changing the way you think mm-hmm. or changing the direction you're going. So what happens is, is Christ is changing you, not instantaneously, but over time. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a believer and I just get saved, and, and I've seen it many times where a guy gets saved, he gets baptized, and he's cussing when he's going down getting baptized. Yeah. And, and, and nobody thinks anything of it unless you're extremely religious because you understand that this process called sanctification happens over a period of time, yeah. that, that Christ is working in us things. So even if that person was... Uh, witnessing to them and cussing out. You don't even know if that person had just gotten saved and that's how they try to get people to believe in other things. So now that's how he's trying to get him to believe now. You you just don't know. If you saw the video, you would know. You would know that. Oh, she was like, she was scary. I was like, this, this girl's going to hit him. Like it was like, it was she, that's why literally like store workers were going up like, man, like they're about to call the police. Cause she was like, she, you could tell she was crazy. The, yeah. Now that's not the, that's not like, I understand that that's not the regular Christian. I was more so drawing a, dis, like a parallel to like, we think that our words are going to lead someone to Christ. And I think it's because we have a mistrust with yeah, but the scripture you brought up was... They the, blaspheme God because of us. Like, right, and that's the excuse. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think a, a lot of people will use. The reason oh, I didn't follow you is because I looked at the people that... And yet, you have to recognize that this is... It's one, it's personal. And mm-hmm. what God is doing in that individual is what God's doing in Yeah, in, and she might not even individual. be... Obviously, she probably, by the fruit, she don't know Jesus. Like, by the way, that she's... a attacking and calling someone um uh can't say a nicer word than prostitute yeah. uh and yeah so like like would you say westboro baptist uh so you, you know westboro baptist i don't oh you don't so these are the people that protest outside the soldiers graves they yes. celebrate 9-11 uh so those are just, I'll have to show you some videos after that. Maybe we get a reaction or something. But Westboro Baptist, just by those two examples that I can give you, very hateful, malicious Christian group uh, and, and popular yeah. that people have but, seen. But the but reality is, even in that, there's, there's uh, again, it comes back they to They don't reflect person. God. Yeah, they don't reflect who he is. Mm-hmm. And First John says, uh, throughout First John in chapter 4, it says that he is love. Mm-hmm. And that we are the object of God's love. Yeah. And so one of the things that is true in human, if you want people to know how much you care about them, you love their children. Yeah. That's reality in human mm-hmm. nature. If, if, for instance, your mom is a children's pastor here at Bethel's Rock, when mm-hmm. I love her kids, she feels loved by me. Mm-hmm. The loving her kids, this, it's, a, it's an image or an attitude of God that when we love one another, 
we demonstrate love to our father. We demonstrate love of God. That's really good. We love his kids. Even with all their spots and wrinkles and their inconsistencies, yeah. we love them. And if God is in us, the Bible says, if God is in you and you are in him, you will love one another. Yeah. The Bible also says that you will be known by your love mm-hmm. for one another. You have to see them differently. You have to see people differently in the world around you. The, that, the Bible says we battle not with flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. What it's really saying, don't hate flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Love flesh and blood. Recognize that they're prisoners. Yeah, exactly. And if you see them exactly. as prisoners and mm-hmm. that there's they're, they're literally being led by spiritual mm-hmm. forces of darkness, then it allows you to love them exactly because they were pr- imprisoned. And 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 I think when you lose sight of that, you know, uh, that that's why the, Jesus gave the last command, the one and only command. He said, of all the things, love one another as I have mm-hmm. loved you. And then his only prayer is, is th- that we would get along, yeah. that we would love one another, that we as humans would just get along instead of attacking each other. And we'd, mm-hmm. we would sharpen each other in that. And, and as you get away from God, you get away from love. If you, as you get away from believing the existence of God, love takes on a new definition because you got to have love, but the mm-hmm. definition changes. And, yeah. um, and it's not the kind of love that God is mm-hmm. or God is released into our life. So if, if there's going to be love on the planet, it's going to come through believers. Yeah. And it's going to come when we, we exercise that with one another. John 13, uh, 34 says a new commandment, a commandment. I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also are to love one another. By this, all people, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And that's the thing. Like the reason why my my burden when I like I remember telling when I first went into ministry, I've already said this before. When I first went into ministry, they didn't know what to do with me. Uh, because I have no skill, I had no skill set, no experience in anything. But I went to college and I played basketball, and here I am. Like, what? What do you want me to do? I'll do whatever. Right. And I said, uh, when they were asking me interest and stuff, I'm like, I don't know. I just don't want to be here. Like, like put me outside the four walls of a church. I want to reach those people. I'm like, I had this urgency, and I still do have this urgency and this burden because it stemmed from uh, witnessing to a friend that had never heard that God loves him. What does that tell you? Like he even said, I grew up with people in my class that claimed to be Catholic, that claimed to be Christian, but no one stopped it. And I don't blame the Christian because maybe they just don't understand the, like the love. And I think when you, when you recognize the love or you're aware of the love, you're also aware how much you've been forgiven. Like for me, I know how much I've been forgiven, not to even the extent I can't comprehend it. But it leads me to like, like I was at a point where God, how can you even love me? That doesn't even make sense. But it drew me to like, if God, if you can forgive me and not give up on me, everybody needs to know this because who am I to know you? But these people that are like good, like morally and by our standard don't know you or know this, this, the extent of your love. And it's like, for my heart, I don't see them as enemies. I see them as 
you just don't get it. Like, I'm not trying to argue with you. It's like the responsibility of an older brother. Like, you know, I, I, I'm held to a different standard, a different responsibility because I'm the oldest. It's, that's how I look. I look at, you know, that younger prodigal son brother that is out doing whatever just because they don't know the love of their father. And I, and it's our responsibility as the older brother, uh, to take on that burden of our, the people that don't know, because we were once that and Jesus first loved us. So it's like, that's where I think people don't have that heart or they've lost it or they don't understand that, that part of it. And so it lashing out or apologetics comes into play or big brain conversations. Yeah, I think the love of God isn't even something you need apologetics. You just need to experience God's love. Yeah. <laughs> and that love exactly. translates into something for other people. Where yeah. you, I, I think fear uh, controls a lot of Christians. And the, and the Bible says he didn't give us a spirit no. of fear. Uh, yeah. but really the spirit he gave us was to love people so much that we would share what God's done in mm-hmm. our life and share it with them. And there's, there's a pursuit for how God did things. You know, I was listening, uh, to someone talk about how he didn't, you don't need to worry about how God did anything. You just need to accept the fact that God did it. Well, believing and putting your faith that there's a God is different than, than telling someone you can't discover because it's in the creation that we see the glory of God. It's in mm. all of the things around us that we yeah. see that. So it's important to understand what we believe, yeah. right? That's an important thing. I'm not saying to anyone they shouldn't do that. But you are where you are, and there are people going to hell every day. Yeah. And if, if we're going to show God our love, the best way to do that is by showing love to other people yeah. and sharing with them mm-hmm. uh, the truth that we know from experiencing it in our own life and from revelation that God gives us uh, for that. But there's a video you show, not to make a s- switch here, but there's a video you showed me um, where a Catholic priest said there is a more privileged way. Why don't you show that right now, and and then we'll talk about it a little bit uh, as um, we go, because I, th- I thought it was interesting in watching it how uh, it was communicated um, with consciousness and this idea of being saved, and it's, it's a tragic truth of what happens when religion enters in thing and man tries to take on God's plan and then kind of shape it and and develop it. In fact, um, Paul says, who has bewitched you, which we talked about last week. It's, it's almost that thing where we're trying to understand in our own understanding things. And, and even when this guy's talking, it's like he's almost trying to figure it out while he's talking about it and i think completely leading people anybody watching it down down a path that's just unbiblical and tons of contradictions in it and we'll kind of talk about that other religions that don't think you're getting into heaven so let me ask you what's the catholic view on who gets into heaven and who doesn't i feel like i lead a pretty good life a very religiously based life in which i try to keep not just the 10 commandments but a solid 603 other commandments as well and I spend an awful lot of my time promulgating what I would consider to be Judeo-Christian virtues, particularly in Western societies. So what's the Catholic view of me? Am I basically screwed here? No. The Catholic view, go back to uh, the Second Vatican Council, said it very clearly. I mean, Christ is the privileged route to salvation. I mean, God so loved the world, he gave his only son that we might find eternal life. So that's the, the privileged route. However, Vatican II clearly teaches that someone outside the explicit Christian faith can be saved. 
Now, they're saved through the grace of Christ, indirectly received. So, I mean, the grace is coming from Christ, but it might be received according to your uh, conscience. So, if you're following your conscience sincerely, or in your case, you're following the commandments of the law sincerely, yeah, you can be saved. Now, that doesn't conduce to a complete relativism. I, we still would say the privileged route and, and the, the route that God has, has offered to humanity is, is the route of His Son. But no, you can be saved. Uh, even Vatican II says a, an atheist of goodwill can be saved. Because in following his conscience, if he does, John Henry Newman said the conscience is the aboriginal vicar of Christ in the soul. It's a very interesting characterization. That, that it is, in fact, the voice of Christ. If he's the Logos made flesh, right? He's the divine mind or reason made flesh. That when I follow my conscience, I'm following him, whether I know it explicitly or not. So even the atheist, Vatican II teaches, of goodwill can be saved. I, I mean, one, I don't, I, I'm listening to that and I'm like, what are you talking about? Hmm. He is all over the place. He goes, the Lord, if the Lord is Logos, then, he, then you must be, if your conscience speaks. How did you just bridge those bridge? I mean, trying to, to, to confuse people, to get them to an understanding that you're getting across is not the route to do that. Um, first of all, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So the statement that even the atheists could get to heaven uh, if they have a conscience uh, speaking to them, everyone has a conscience, but not everyone is saved. In fact, uh, the Apostle Paul and the Pharisees of that day had a conscience. Pastor Paul went out and he's persecuting Christians, killing Christians, because his conscience said that he should That's kill them. And hmm. and the, Jesus appears to him and say, why are you persecuting me? Paul, you know, the Pharisees, he's constant. They have conscience. They have the law that they were living by. Their conscience was telling them this is the way. And Jesus would come at them consistently because they did not know he was God. They said, if you knew, in fact, Jesus said that if you knew the father, then you would know I'm his son. But because you don't know the father, you don't recognize me when you see me. So this is an interesting thing that goes to that. So when I think about that, I laugh at first, but then I'm like, so this will be fun to talk about. That's why I love bringing these things because it's okay to ask questions. Yes. When we have questions, we talk about them. We look to the word. And a lot of times when I, I'll be like, there'll be verses that sometimes I want to skip because I'm like, what does that mean? Or it's kind of a scary verse. Or I don't comprehend it. And so I want to block it out. This is what you do. You look at the word, you talk about it, you pray about it. And then God will, God will, God will give you the answer a lot of times. And that's, and that's how I operate. Um, so when he talks about that, all being saved, following your conscience. This is the verse that I think of that I wonder um, for salvation-wise and being judged. So uh, God's judgment and the law. This is found in Romans 2.12. For all who have sinned without the law will perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. For when the Gentiles who did not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves. Even though they do not have the law, they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts while their conscience also bears witness. They're, that's interesting. And their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. On that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. 
So, it, I mean, all it's saying is is that there is a law more that, that every human is exposed to, whether they were a Gentile or there was a Jew, that there is a, this sense of shame and guilt that comes when you break the law, hmm. and none of us can fulfill the law. And mm -hmm. he said, if you could fulfill the law, then you're saved. But none of us could fulfill the law. That's why Jesus makes the statement, I didn't come to abolish the law. That's not why he came. He says, I didn't come to abolish the law that's the, the, literally the judgment of you. I came to fulfill it so that the law in you is fulfilled through Christ and Christ alone. It's not fulfilled in your actions or in your own ability. So they perish still. That's the thing. Like yeah. It says, for all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. Those who didn't know the law and mm -hmm. perish will perish. Hmm. There's this mentality now that if you didn't hear the gospel, and this is why missions is such an imperative thing that the church needs to participate in. There are thousands of people, millions of people, who are perishing because they have not heard the truth. And that is hard in the culture we're currently living in to accept. It's not fair. And we think everything should be fair, which is, is incredibly amazing since um, uh, m there are many people in our culture that believe we're just a product of the survival of the fittest, that, uh, that we exist because not in fairness, we mm -hmm. exist because one was more fit or fit in better, and we exterminated everyone else that didn't fit in. It were exterminated or extinct or end, and yet we're, we cling to this idea of fairness. Hmm. Sin, you were born a sinner. Hmm. It's why everyone needs to hear the message of Jesus Christ, and when asked, well, don't, don't people have an excuse? Romans says, no, they don't have an excuse. Creation is evident that there's a creator. Mm -hmm. I mean, even when that Catholic priest or whatever he is, and I don't know that many Catholic priests would agree with him even, he says, even the atheist, if he has a conscience, is going wow. to be saved. Everyone has a conscience. Mm -hmm. That's what he's saying there. The law is the conscience in us that's saying that isn't right. That's that's why. This hmm. is why so many people are, are, are so passionate about saying that homosexuality and the gender stuff is okay and it's fine. Is they're trying to convince everyone and themselves and this voice in them because people like a Dr. Phil says the only reason you think sex before marriage isn't good is because it's been taught to you by this Christian faith. Could it be, Dr. Phil, that the reason they don't feel it's right is because there's a conscience hmm. and that something in them says it's no, 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 no. It's because they've been told it's not right. And, that they've been told that this isn't the correct yeah. behavior. And, 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 you know, I grew up being told about searing your conscience where you don't know the difference between what is right and wrong. And we use the word right and wrong. I want to use that loosely mm -hmm. because right and wrong changes with human beings, what yeah. they think is right and wrong. But what brings life and what brings death in mm -hmm. you is the biblical uh, definition 
of life and death is what we need to look at. That's mm. that's what the conscience, our conscience is there to do, is to guide us. And we, we call it the Holy Spirit in us, guiding us. Yeah. Another uh, verse is talking about... It, it, uh, Paul's really talking about Jews that think that just because they have the law or that because they're sons of Abraham that right. they're going to be included in the family of God. But he, in later he'll talk about that, uh, you know, it's not about the circumcision physically, but it's actually the circumcision of heart that are going to be called sons of Abraham. So this is the purpose of why he's talking about this. It's really to point out to the Jews that they're missing the point. And, and, and also the guy would miss that for all who have sinned without the law, well, they're still, they're still going to perish regardless. But in the, the commentary, it's interesting. It says some of it suggested that these verses speak of Gentile obedience that leads to salvation. But it is clear, however, that Paul explains here why Gentiles who do not have the law will face judgment apart from the law, still face judgment. The reason it is fair for God to judge them for their evil is that God's law is written on their hearts so that their conscience attests to what is right and what is wrong in their behavior. Paul does not imply that the testimony of human conscience is also uh, always a perfect moral guide for people have conflicting thoughts, like you're saying, about their moral behavior, sometimes excusing themselves from wrongdoing. But the very existence of this testimony is sufficient to render people accountable to God. Yeah. And people's, here's the last thing. Elsewhere, Paul indicates that people's conscience, conscience can be distorted by sin. Yep, which is true. So, the, to that the, Catholic the, guy, the reality is is when somebody comes to Christ, you, there are a number of people out there think, well, I need to get like I need to uh, behave better before I can come to Christ. Yeah, but the reality is you're not going to behave better. You're not going to fulfill the law in mm-hmm. your own power. You wouldn't need Christ. Yeah, Christ said, I came to fulfill the law for you. Mm-hmm. So what He's doing in us is He fulfilled the requirements of the law and gave you life. Now that life living in you transforms your heart. And in that life, it causes you to walk in Hmm. obedience to the law without even knowing the law. It it is the source of life in us. It's what it goes right back to the garden of Eden. When Adam was born, God didn't, the Adam didn't come up and say, Hey, what are all the rules? Yeah. He was born into life. He just abided by the rules. This is this is the incredible nature of this, and 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 uh, we think the Christian walk is so difficult because, and it, it is only very difficult when you're trying to do it on your own, yeah. when you make yourself the source to doing it. The Christian walk is actually extremely liberating when you realize that the work rests on Christ to change me and the Holy Spirit to change me. Mm-hmm. That that my pursuit isn't behavior. My pursuit is Christ. Yeah. My pursuit is growing closer to Him, having a relationship with Christ, having a revelation of His love, thinking and acknowledging His presence in my day-to-day activities and, and recognizing who He's in. And then over time... 
I start to look like him. Yeah. I grow into the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. But so many Christians view church really as just a place or or a small group as just for behavior. Yeah. That it's behavior modification. Mm-hmm. That that's what Christianity is and that's really what religion is is behavior modification. And if you view it only as your behavior modification, you film a video when you see a Christian that's not behaving like we think there should be a Christian. We, we start to film that failure and we say, see, they're bringing God under open shame. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you know if that person just got saved? Mm-hmm. And, and the reality is the flaw isn't in that person or what's happening. I don't look at that person. That's a person under work, under construction, yeah. right? My, I look at the person who's filming that in a judgmental way and say, it's awfully interesting that you're judging that, pers- that person because your perception of what Christianity is has been shaped by someone and it's flawed. You know, I heard it interesting. Uh, I was listening to a podcast and it was saying the only way people can judge Christianity is with Christianity. Like, so how do you judge hypocrisy? Like, why, why, why do you look at them like they're, you know, like in a negative way? Why? Because they believe in a holy and perfect and loving God. So they know that they're not acting accordingly. So they're judging Christianity with Christianity, which is really interesting because that's the only way you can do it. Uh, it was, there was a, there was a little bit more to the quote, but well, and it's, it super it's amazing that they'll judge hypocrisy in that person and never take a look at their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I mean, there's, there's ex- extreme, I can only go back to this and you Mm -hmm. have to, I want you to see this. So you tell me if you see this Mm -hmm. in one breath, they will attack Christians who behave great and are at living at a standard. They'll attack them and they'll even call them goody two shoes or that's what we called them. Or they'll say, you think you're better than everyone else. And they don't, but they behave at a different standard with different character and they'll attack them for behaving. But then if they see one, someone who's not living to that standard, and that that's proof that God saves regard that you don't have to clean up before you get saved, that you come to Christ as you are and he redeems you. Then they'll attack them for being hypocrites. Which one is it? Hmm. it it's not a matter. They're not out to prove anything. They're out to attack Christians just to attack Christianity. Yeah. And anyone, whoever you are, whether yeah. you're a person of integrity or you're not, there are people that are attacking them saying at, at any level. Yeah. I think I think there's both I think it's both. I don't think everybody's like that. I always have like on TikTok. So when I go live, uh, which right now I'm currently banned because of hate speech, but um, from TikTok, yeah, from live, (laughs) which I know why I think that I got banned. But it was I was using a quote from that someone else usually says, but I said it, and I thought I probably shouldn't have said that because it had to do like a derogatory term for gay people. But I wasn't saying that; I was just repeating it, and I got a ban. So I have to wait till a couple days to. Till I go back on live. But anyways. You, do you have to go to court over it? <laughs> I go to TikTok know, court. You know Charlie D'Amelio is the it, judge. Do you know if you're in California right now, they're trying to pass that. So anything they determine as hate speech, mm-hmm. they can put you in jail for. Wow. I mean, they, California is like falling off the edge of the map. They got a bill going through right now that if a child they that where they want to be able to abort a baby 28 days after the baby is born. <laughs> They want to. They want to kill. So if you're in California, you should be 
you should get aware of what's going on. But this is an actual bill going through their legislature right now hmm. uh, that want to be able to end the life of a baby 28 days. Dude, I mean, that's killing. disgusting. And, and it's funny because I know uh, some people in California and they know the governor knows them, Newsom, and he's, he's all for it. Hmm. And this guy wants to be our president. Uh, Governor Newsom and and uh, she, she said to him and I thought it was interesting. She goes, you know, uh, Governor Newsom, you should check out the Bible. Um, it doesn't go well for people who do child sacrifices. Yeah, <laughs> for kings who did child sacrifices, you should read the Bible. You might want to know what's going on. Molech. Yeah. yeah. So and and they're all worked up. They don't apparently you don't believe the Bible. Well, check it out. Mm-hmm. And and anyone who would support that, I mean, that is check absolutely killing babies. If you support that, man, that that's serious stuff. You should check out what the Bible says about that. Yeah, that, but, that would be an example of you don't really need to to study the Bible to know that you, you often a baby is the wrong thing. Yeah. Like you're just being ignorant if you think that that's right. Like, and, and I mean, we all know. And the reality is that's where we're going in, in a moral mindset that we're just Depravity. Yeah. It's, it's survival of the fittest. You know, we should off old people. I mean, what we're talking about right now is this this idea of whatever my conscience says saves me. Uh, we we do whatever is right, which judges said there was an error yeah. of time in the Bible where they did whatever was right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. And th- that when 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 you hear this Catholic priest say, yeah. "Well, yeah, you don't need to go through Christ to be saved," you know, if your conscience tells you. Well, yeah. that's essentially what they're saying. You did; they did what was ever right in their own eyes. Yeah. Their conscience told that 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 is that is not truth, and it's not the kind of truth that will save you. And 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 this is if if there's anyone watching, and you're saying, well, so are you saying that I need to live by all of the laws and and um, and all of the rules of the Bible? What I'm saying is, is you need to pursue Christ. Through him you're saved, through him you have eternal life, and through him he is the tree of life that causes the righteousness of God to be formed and developed in your life. Mm -hmm. And if you try to do it on your own, it's going to be a tough walk following Christ. It's going to be difficult battling temptations every day, and you're going to become very sin-focused, which often causes you to fall into sin. It's called sin consciousness. The more you look at it, you try to fight it, the more you end up in it. You really want to put your eyes on Christ, and over a period of time, you're going to see his power in you begin to redeem you from the prison of that addiction, from the prison of that thinking from the prison of those temptations that you keep falling to the more you pursue christ the more he begins to redeem your heart and it says he writes the laws on your heart and they don't become a fight they they just disappear and and you you literally are transformed by the renewing of your mind as you pursue christ and so i want to encourage you don't don't there there's so many Christians trying to do it the hard way. Pursue Christ. It's always been about relationship with him. And when the disciples pursued Jesus, they were pursuing Jesus. They were pursuing Jesus. It, it never talks about them doing all the behaviors and, and how do we behave and how should... It was pursuing Jesus. And then Jesus said, I'll enable you to do that. Hmm. 
Yeah, so back to what I was saying. Um, with the people in my comments, they uh, like a lot of them. There's a lot of trolls, um, like in the comments, and those seem like, oh man, you, it just seems sometimes you're like, am I even speaking to anyone or like reaching anyone? And then so like there's times where I'll be like, all right, if like if this if like if you're listening to this and this is the first time you heard this or you want to give your life to Christ or you want to repent or. Uh, like, would you, um, am I, am I talking to anyone right now? And it's uh, a lot of times the, 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 the minority is a little bit louder than the majority. Cause there's the ones that are like yelling so loud and they're so frustrated and like the negative people are the loudest. And so then I, every time I say that you'll see all the people that are like, man, this is really like helping me right now. Or had someone say, how do I repent? And so I got to walk through that or people want to give their life to Christ. So it's, it's funny, like, um, that, you know, I don't think that, all like people are, I I think that a lot of times people just don't know. And that's what I've been noticing. And, um, they don't know the love of God or they just first associate, uh, Jesus with a condemning God that you can't reach my standards. So I'm going to maniacally put you into hell. If you don't love me, I'm a toxic boyfriend. I'm going to throw you away. You have to be with me or be, or, you know, suffer death. If I can't have you, no one can have you. And that's how they view Jesus. Uh, or they, they really don't want to give up some of that sin that they got, uh, but fail to realize, Hey, like that's, it's first a relationship. And you understand when you experience that love, the thing that you thought you loved, even the love of your parents, it says in scripture, is not even, there's no comparison to this type of love. And so it's not even that you're giving up anything. It's that he's that good, that a relationship is that good with him, that everything else just fades away. So I think there is really, um, whether by other people's actions or the content of their heart and how they view God, that if they knew it, I would be like, I think a lot of people would just like, yeah, like, let me, let's walk this out. That's, I want, I want more of this. And that's what I found this last week when I've been going on lives. A lot of people are just like, bro, I just have never heard that before. Like no one's ever, ever told me that. Or just like when I went into ministry, it was, I had never heard that before. And I think that we've misrepresented Jesus at times and we'll, we'll never be able to fully represent him. Uh, but I think the first thing is us being identified by our love. There's a story that we talked about uh, when the No Offense podcast. And this was right when this Satanist guy, a leader of the Satanist church in South Africa, ended up giving his life to Christ because of well debate, like great debate. No, that's not why he gave his life to Christ. You want to know why? A lady goes up and gives him a hug and he starts weeping. He's like, I don't even know. Like I came to find out that this lady that came up to me and hugged me was a Christian. And he's like, I can't even explain it, but no one's ever loved me or hugged me like that. And and even after everything I said to her and slandered her, why did he come to Christ? It was love because God is love. And it, I think we've, we don't always, I think we neglect it. Not that we don't do it. I think sometimes we well, neglect th- the fact that that's what I, leads people. We underestimate yeah. the love. We mm-hmm. underestimate, you know, when there are people, whether you're, you have a boss or you have a family member or anyone who is making your life terrible, hell. And we, we've, we can get caught up in the emotion of that and then... Uh, we underestimate the power of loving people yeah. instead of joining them in their fury. You yeah. Know, you just, I mean, 
the, whenever someone says something to you that's derogatory or attacking you and they mean it and they're not accidentally saying it, you know when that is. Yeah. They know when that is. And when you just say, you know what, I actually think you're amazing. I think you're great. There's nothing more, one, disarming than that, but it also demonstrates a certain level of maturity in you and wisdom in you and, and integrity in you to be able to say, I don't view you that way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really, when you begin to view people as God views them, it's, a, it's an incredible thing. Like um, why prophetic words are so powerful is a prophetic word is a word God gives a person to show you how he views you. Yeah. It, 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 it tells you, like when the angel Lord went to Gideon, he said, mighty warrior of God. Well, he, he was not acting like it, but God viewed him that way. Mm-hmm. God saw who he was. God knew what he created in Gideon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, identity is a huge issue in our society right now. And we all want to know if we fit in or if we add, if we're going to heaven, just like that last video we had. Am I going to be able to go to heaven if I, if I behave? We, we want security mm-hmm. in things. But nothing can give us security because there's so many. That's why you need something absolute Mm -hmm. to stand on. And I believe that's why God gave us even the Bible Mm -hmm. was so that we'd have some absolute truth that we could lean on and depend in and stand on. And there's security in that. Um, You know, as believers, and if you're a young adult, listen, there's security in the Word of God. And you will find security for who you are in it. But, you know, if you keep feeding the dog that of insecurity, you're going you're gonna to be insecure. You feed the dog of security, you're going to... I don't know. Did I share that story in, on the podcast last week? I can't remember. You've there, shared it some... Somewhere. Yeah, somewhere there's, I've heard there's that. There's a guy who owned two dogs. He owned a black dog and a white dog. And he believed in that he was part of dog fighting. Mm-hmm. And he would bring his dogs and he, there would be bets of which dog would win. And every time the dogs would fight, um, the dog he bet on would always win. And they, they couldn't figure out why. And he said, well, it's quite simple. If I want the white dog to win, I feed the white dog and starve the black dog. If I want the black dog to win, I feed the black dog and starve the white dog. Hmm. And that's legitimately what's going on in so many people's lives. The reason you struggle with insecurity and comparison is because you're feeding it. Yeah. When you get on social media, which I'm not bashing, but you have to understand the side effects of it. You're, you're constantly comparing yourself to people around you. And when you increase that, you're going to have insecurity. When you open the door to people who are really fine, they're just really good at... There are people out there that are really good at convincing us of things that are not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been in all kinds of sales positions for years. Yep. And they convince you, and there's no debate, and there's no pushing you know back and forth then you can get caught up in some things that can put you in bondage and keep you in prison so you got to be careful of those things yeah so we talked about a lot of different things we're all over the that place was all over that was like a joe rogan podcast uh so if you guys like a long story short like you know if you're if you're witnessing to someone and you're trying to lead them to christ what was the reason why you came to christ 
I think there there are some that there there's a cognitive revelation, uh, but it was it was love that changed perspective yeah, and disarmed. It's funny. I was just saying when I was going down at the Timberwolves game a few months ago, toward the end, they had a guy out there with a sign saying, "If you you know you're going to hell unless you have Jesus," and he's out just telling. I mean, he's just, I mean, just just. And I thought, man, I want to come and tell you that I I, I kind of want to preach. I want to share Jesus with you. Yeah. And he's yelling and I'm like, I, I want to share Jesus to you because Jesus loves you. Like mm-hmm. you don't need to pound out of your own guilt. I wonder where that comes from, where that fire comes from, because you're not viewing these people the way God views them in the, in the manner in which you're talking to them is, has that ever worked? And hmm. I asked a guy one time, this is years before when he was out doing that, I said, how many people have actually you led to? He said, no one, but they don't have an excuse. Well, they do actually. I think you're not showing them the love of the God. Real you're coming Jesus. at them with condemnation and attacking them. And Jesus never attacked the lost. He attacked the religious. Mm-hmm. So if Jesus were to come, friend, he would have probably attacked you because you know better. Uh, yeah, because you 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 you're claiming to be the believer and the doc and and so if you're someone that gets on the street and you are attacked, l- listen, listen, you will if it, it's a dysfunctional relationship with the Lord. If the reason we got saved is because we're afraid of hell, <laughs> it's like saying it's like and we're all over. So and this is Joe. It's like saying this, I married my wife uh, because I was told that I was going to get shot if I didn't. We have a great Is relationship. No. no. <laughs> I married my wife because she Blink was twice. beautiful. <laughs> and when I saw her, I was like, wow, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. And then she just got more beautiful as I got to know her. But how dysfunctional of a relationship That'd is pretty that? pretty weird. If... The reason we're with Christ is because we're afraid of dying and going to hell. That's a dysfunctional relationship. If we're going to have a healthy relationship with Christ, it's because he loved us first. Uh And it was his love for us and what he did for me and how he set me free and what he gave me. And I think that's why he says, hey, when you see who I am, you won't help but come and follow me. Mm-hmm. And I think it shocks him that people aren't following him when he reveals. And, and maybe that's where you get your, you know, we, we, when we get out there and we start preaching, then the, the question is, do they even know the love of God? That they would be treating people that way? And what does their relationship with God look like? So Yeah, like the, there's a, to leave you guys with this, there's a verse in the Bible, I think it's in Proverbs, that you could say, I'm paraphrasing, that you could have the intent to say good morning uh, to someone um, and like mean it, right? Uh, But if you're yelling at them and saying, good morning, James, and he just, and he's like waking up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) For me, we're throwing hands if you're going to scream at me good morning. Like, I'm not a morning person. That's what Proverbs says. It said it can be like a curse, even though your words uh, or intent would say otherwise, the way you're making the person feel is like a curse. I think a lot of people are sharing the good news and they're sharing a part of it and they're like, you're going to hell if you don't believe in Jesus, which is true, but you're like you cursing them out. You said that with a smile, though. 
Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, some people are you're going to hell. Like it's. I think it, I think you're you're sharing the gospel, and you're and it's coming across like a curse. And I think we have to like really reevaluate. Do we know the love of God, or what's the intent, or how do we view people? And I think the way we view people. Uh, is and this is the new commandment that we love God with all our heart, soul, uh, and and mind, and then we love our neighbor as ourselves. I think there might be a misdirection, and, and that love for God that's leading us to treat people the way we are. So I would challenge you with that. Well, and and and, and to add in that, mm-hmm. think of if someone came to you and treated you that way, would you receive what they had to say? Like cursing me? Yeah. If you came, yeah. if if you came at me and attacked me with what you were saying mm-hmm. and the manner that if I'm, if, if, if the way I'm doing it to you, yeah, if you did that to me, would I respond in a positive way to that? Would so you have to, when we bring the gospel to people, you have to respect that person. Yeah. You re, you respect who they are. And through that respect for them, they open up their filth to listen the guards to what open. you're saying because you've given them respect and then you share and show them love and share the gospel out of respect, you're going to get better response from that person than when you attack them and immediately shut down and go into defense mechanism. It's just Mm -hmm. human nature. Even if you were right, I would not tell you you were right. right. Like in some things, there's a pride thing. Like if you're going to come at me and disrespect me, like I'll just kind of ignore it or try to change the subject, but I'm not going to admit I'm wrong if you're being a jerk to me. Maybe that's just me, but like I don't know many people. I think it's human nature in general. Yeah, like I'm not going to admit that, but... Guys, thank you for joining us for another episode. Uh, We love you guys. The reason why we do this is we want you to be equipped to go and share the gospel to someone. There's a lot of people who don't know it. So don't look at them. Uh, Don't expect non-Christians to behave like Christians. Show the love of Christ by your actions. Sometimes we got to do a lot of this. Throwing the key away and closing our mouths and start showing apparently, who Jesus looks like. Apparently, you have to do that since you got kicked off social media. Yeah, except I gotta like like figure out what gets me kicked off now and be careful <laughs> to not step the line because that was a week. I got a week ban. I'm like, great. I had you got so grounded much, for a week. Yeah, I'm like, man, I had so much momentum. So. Yeah, we love you guys. Uh, We pray this blessed you. We pray that you get into the word and you start digging and start understanding how much God loves you because it changes your whole outlook and how you view people. We love you guys. Uh, Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.